Good morning, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design franchise here for this week's Embedded Executive podcast. This week, my Embedded Executive is Zach Boniface, and he is the Automation Technology Leader for John Deere. Hello, Zach. How are you? Doing great. How are you, Rich? I am also doing great, and I am very excited to have you as a guest. You're a little different not you, but um, you. Uh, what you do is a little different from our from my normal guest in that you're more the customer who we generally speak to. Normally, we're speaking to the suppliers of the components that somebody like John Deere would be putting into their systems. However, um, you are that guy who's incorporating those components and. What really got me excited is that I'm under the impression that you guys are using artificial intelligence to a fairly large extent in what you do. So first of all, is everything I said accurate? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we don't obviously develop a lot of the silicon uh, ourselves. Uh, we are more of a consumer of the, of the silicon. Uh, and yes, we're using AI to a pretty large extent uh, in our products. So, you know, in general, AI enabling them to do it more efficiently uh, while they do it. And this is really important to everyone uh, because the global population, you know, right now sits at about 7.8 billion, uh, headed to about 10 billion uh, by the year 2050. Uh, and as people, you know, are coming out of poverty, uh, their, their diets improve. So we need to grow about 50% more food between now and 2050 in order to properly nourish the world. Okay, you just went way down the food chain, which I find interesting. <laughs> so back me up, and you were talking about products from John Deere. What sort of products are we referring to that would incorporate AI? Yeah, pretty much everything we make. Um, you know, obviously we're known for our tractors which is kind of the uh, Swiss army knife of the, uh, of the farming world. Uh, you can do a lot of things uh, with a tractor. Uh, then we also have products that, um, you know, apply nutrients uh, to the field. Uh, those are known as uh, sprayers. Okay, let me interrupt uh, that you because that's what I do. Um, let, I, I get the nutrients part. That one seems like an obvious one. AI in a tractor. I mean, isn't there just some dude sitting on top of the tractor driving it? What's he using AI for? Um, for all kinds of things. Uh, for one thing, the, there isn't necessarily a dude uh, driving a tractor. Uh, uh, farmers don't actually do a lot of their own steering anymore, right? That is all controlled through uh, uh, GPS and satellites and, and vision-based uh, guidance products. So there's uh, a good example of how we use uh, AI in our products. Um, you know, tractors might also be pulling uh, a planting implement and that planter is making uh, decisions about the rate at which to input seed into the ground. Uh, for instance, uh, maybe that tractor is also uh, attached to some sort of uh, spraying implement uh, that spraying implement is making decisions in real time in terms of how much nutrient to be uh, applying to a certain uh, part of the field. So really AI is being used all over the place in our products. Okay. 
Um, so how much of what you guys do is built internally versus uh, acquiring black box technology and in incorporating that in? Yeah, and that's one of the things I think that we're known for in the agriculture industry. Um, you know, what I just described there uh, is something that we call precision farming. And John Deere is very uh, vertically integrated in terms of our precision farming technology. So we develop uh, almost everything that we do in that precision farming uh, technology stack internally. Okay, and let's talk about the technology that you're using. I mean, is, is it the same thing that I'd find in some other type of AI system where you, where you have an Intel processor and you're just incorporating those algorithms, maybe an NVIDIA processor? Is, is, is it just a computer on wheels? Yeah, that, that's essentially uh, what it is, right? And we use you know, all kinds of embedded processors, Intel processors, GPUs, FPGAs, uh, you name it. We use all of it to uh, add intelligence to our products. Hmm, okay. Um, and same question with respect to the software, how much of, of that is, is internal being written and how much is it being acquired? And then I have a follow-up question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say the vast majority of it is developed uh, internally. Uh, we also have, you know, certain research partners uh, that we work with as well to uh, develop certain portions of the systems. But again, I would say the vast majority is developed internally. And how much of what you guys do is open source? Boy, that's a question that I, I like to ask people. <laughs> Is it, I guess I'm going back to, it's just like any other computer box, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, like a lot of other computer boxes, right? We need to run an operating system, right? We, we run uh, Linux uh, on a lot of our embedded platforms. So there's quite a bit of open source uh, utilization there, obviously. Um, you know, other open source packages, obviously a lot of what we do centers around computer vision, right? So we use packages like OpenCV uh, quite frequently as well. Hmm. Okay. Uh, another favorite topic for me is security. Uh, what are you guys doing with respect to security? So one, one of these tractors doesn't go rogue. Right, right. Well, we do a lot uh, in terms of, of security. Um, a lot of our interfaces are uh, encrypted, uh, for instance. Um, we have people on our team that it's, it's their job, right? They wake up every morning thinking about how they're going to make uh, our products more secure from an embedded perspective, uh, from a communication perspective on the vehicle, uh, and then even uh, those communications from the machine uh, up into the cloud. Can you... Uh, talk about that in a little more detail, you know, more specifically what you guys do for security. Um, I don't really want to get into the, the really deep details in terms of how we're securing all of our communications. Um, I, I would prefer not to get into that. Okay, that's fine. So um, here's one. Hopefully you're comfortable with this one. Uh, my research of very late has shown that um, pretty much every system will be hacked at some point. Um, and it's the, what you need to do now is make sure when that hack does occur, 
um, A, your valuable information is installed, but, and also B, which is, I guess, more in your case, that you're limiting the damage that can take place. Do you guys see it the same way? Yeah, I mean, we're doing everything that we can uh, to prevent uh, hacks, right? Um, we have, you know, certain, you know, white hat hackers, for instance, you know, trying to find vulnerabilities in our system and, and things of that nature. And uh, we have a very robust process as well uh, when we, uh, you know, do encounter security uh, vulnerabilities to address those as quickly as possible. And uh, like I said, we have uh, a lot of people on our team that are focused on data security, right? Uh, providing input into uh, how we make our products more secure. How dispersed is your design team? Are you, are you guys centrally located or do you, do you have people all over the country, all over the world? We have people all over the world, right? We have teams in uh, California, teams in Iowa, uh, teams in Europe, teams in India. Yeah, we are, we are, and even teams in South America. We have, uh, we're very globally dispersed. Do the different geographies have different areas of expertise or, you know, are, are they doing hardware in California, something else, or is it, or is it just whatever is needed at that point in time? Um, I, I would say, yeah, different areas have different uh, uh, areas of expertise. Um, you know, our team in Torrance, California is very focused on our localization and navigation technology. Uh, we have a team in uh, Sunnyvale, California, very focused on image processing, artificial intelligence, uh, and robotics. Uh, we have a team in Fargo, North Dakota, uh, very focused on uh, the development of the hardware uh, that goes into our equipment. Uh, our team in Urbandale um, really works on, on all of these things um, uh, with these different teams. We're kind of the hub, uh, I guess you could say. Um, another team in Kaiserslautern, Germany, working on a lot of applications that are of particular interest to our European market. Uh, and then uh, our team in India providing support for all of these global operations. Very cool stuff. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Rich. That was Zach Boniface. He is, let me get the title right. He is the Automation Technology Leader for John Deere. And I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. You have a great day, Zach. You too, Rich. Thank you.